Hello, my name is Dina Hardy and I'm the current president of the Dukes Club. I'm delighted to be introducing the Dukes Club Soundbite podcast. We'll be kickstarting our podcast series during the global pandemic of COVID-19 with our Keeping Well series. The aim of this podcast series is to provide trainees with support during this difficult time with an emphasis on mental and physical well-being. We have a range of interesting speakers who will be giving you short sound bites into how we can achieve that during this time. Keep well, everybody. In this episode, Major Simon Tallowin of the Royal Army Medical Corps and General Surgical ST3 and Captain Duncan Precious, a clinical psychologist in the Australian Army, talk about the Army's Mental Resilience Programme, which aims to improve psychological resilience through education and training. Big thank you to the Juice Club for the invitation to contribute to the Soundbite series. I've been invited um, as an Army trainee to reflect on my personal military experience and to see whether there are any lessons that we can learn uh, during the current crisis from how the army trains and equips uh, its teams to cope under stressful situations. I am an army general surgical registrar. I train in the NHS and uh, fully integrated with uh, the NHS during my day-to-day job. But prior to starting surgical training, I worked for three years as an army medical officer, um, providing medical support to, in my case, EOD or bomb disposal uh, teams from the Royal Engineers and elements of the Parachute Regiment. Both uh, bomb disposal officers and airborne infantry have very different roles, but both operate in very stressful, challenging environments, as you'd imagine, and often under conditions of great personal uh, adversity and, and prolonged stress. And I think there's some really useful lessons that I certainly witnessed from my time working alongside them about how they train and equip their teams to manage this stress to perform optimally and to safeguard their mental well-being that I think can be of real value to us during this crisis. Now for the last five years or so mental resilience training has been a universal and fundamental uh, component of basic training for British Army soldiers and this really reflects the observation that mental fitness and physical fitness are two sides of the same coin And developing both uh, are essential to creating soldiers who are capable and robust to deal with the situations that they're put in. Now to unpack a little bit more what we mean by mental resilience training, what it involves, what pillars support it and how we can apply it to the NHS. Um, I reached out to the man that first trained me in mental resilience uh, in the army and in fact one of its architects, Captain Duncan Precious. Um, Duncan is a military clinical psychologist. Uh, He holds a doctorate in clinical psychology from the University of Hertfordshire and he was one of the architects of what has now become the mental resilience training program within the British Army. I started by asking him how the British Army currently defines mental resilience. The the way we've defined it in the military is how effectively an individual responds to pressure, stress, risk and adversity. So it's that whole concept of you know, when a person is exposed to stressful situations, how effectively they can perform, uh, maintain their well-being uh, and, and kind of act in that situation. And that situation typically is one of, of high risk and adversity. In developing the Army's mental resilience training, Duncan and his team conducted a meta-analysis from the worlds of business, sports psychology and militaries all across the world to identify the fundamental pillars that support mental resilience? So those six pillars that the evidence base across all these different sectors show as the key facets of individual mental resilience are social support. 
So that's how well a person can ask for help and access social support, um, be it from friends, family, leadership. That's obviously ma massively important. Uh, the second pillar was uh, a sense of purpose, you know, the meaning behind what we're doing. And within the NHS at the moment, you know, that's evidently clear, you know, the meaning and the purpose behind what our fantastic healthcare professionals are doing. The third pillar was self-belief. So training is fundamental to that. The, the way that we develop our self-belief is that we're put in difficult uh, and testing training environments where we develop our, our competence, we develop our knowledge, our, we develop our skills and experience. And that gives us the self-belief that, that we can get through that situation. So I think that's has been found to be massively important. If we believe we can get through something, then inevitably we will. So again, that overlap to our healthcare professionals is, is that self-belief that you know, we, we, we have the knowledge, we have the competence, we have the experience to get through this situation and we believe that we can. Another one of those pillars, which is very important, is, is kind of positive emotion. So positive emotion is our body armor to negative emotion. So we, so we need to be doing activities, we need to be doing tasks in everyday daily, daily life where we experience some positive emotions, you know, pride, a sense of achievement, happiness, excitement, love. All of those positive emotions help us to deal with the negative emotions that come from a crisis situation, particularly over a prolonged period of time. And then the final two pillars are to do with coping. So uh, in order to perform well and maintain our well-being in stressful situations, we need to have developed coping skills. And the evidence base has split these coping skills into two different areas. The first is... Uh, problem-focused coping, so that's kind of cognitive coping skills such as goal-setting, prioritisation, those very practical cognitive problem-solving strategies. And then the other set of coping skills is uh, emotion-focused coping skills, so our ability to improve our emotional intelligence, emotional literacy, to be able to communicate and understand our own emotions so we can then regulate them. Now, obviously, in the military much of military training we learn to detach from emotions we learn to control them because obviously in a very highly stressful situation we don't want to become too emotional that we can't perform we can't concentrate we can't execute the tasks that we we have to do and very similar to any you know doctor surgeon healthcare professional in, in a um, hospital setting however what we need to then train people to do is how to reconnect to those emotions and how to process emotions when they're out of that stressful situation, when they're home, when they're back with their families, when, when they're, or when they're self-isolating on their own, is all those emotions, all, the, all those experiences come flooding back. And if you, if you don't have that emotional intelligence, that emotional literacy and that ability to understand, kind of label and, and regulate those emotions, that can become quite problematic over time. A long story cut short, those pillars are what we explicitly try to kind of develop and, and educate soldiers to uh, within the military training establishments now. I hope you can see there from Duncan's description that actually these pillars of mental resilience that the army's uh, developed and propagated are far from unique to the military context and actually hold universal support really across any discipline that has similar challenges and i really like to commend them to you for a framework to try and build and develop your own mental resilience and those of your team 
just to run through them again, many of them you'll be very familiar with already and, and there's nothing new. Adequate social support, a solid sense of purpose. Well, we certainly have no challenge adopting and uh, propagating a sense of purpose in the current climate. A self-belief that you can achieve the aim and positive emotion. The two that you perhaps be less familiar with is these coping skills related to problem-focused mental coping skills or the strategies to develop mental control and the emotionally focused um, emotional control coping skills. It all makes sense in theory, of course, but how do you actually practice mental control and emotional control in the real world? What does that look like as a skill? Well, to deal with mental control to start with, there are two techniques that I've found particularly useful in my military and surgical careers, and that's goal setting and mental rehearsal. Very simply, goal setting is clearly setting small achievable goals that break down a seemingly insurmountable challenge into smaller achievable chunks. It helps to manage the anxiety level and enhance focus. And secondly, mental rehearsal. Now this of course will be familiar to anyone who's stood in a trauma bay awaiting a trauma casualty to arrive or preparing to go into the operating theatre. Conducting some of the cognitive work before an event occurs, thinking through how you'll manage it various permutations of a scenario will help to reduce the bandwidth required to make those decisions when the stress ramps up. In terms of emotional control, Duncan had this advice. A big part of it is just that self-awareness, is is just kind of monitoring yourself, just monitoring your, your physiology, checking in with your, with your body. How stimulated do I feel now? What is my level of arousal? Uh, do I need to just try to just down-regulate? Do I need to do some deep breathing? You know, take some long, uh, deep diaphragmatic breaths just to bring down the physiology in my body. And if you're, if you're monitoring, you can then, you know, get in there early before you, you kind of get overly aroused, overly stimulated. And then what, what we experience is a cognitive slowing uh, and a decline in performance. In summary then, mental resilience is fundamental to performing optimally and safeguarding mental well-being during high-stress situations. It's a skill that can be trained and the Army's pillars of mental resilience can be a useful framework for developing and supporting it in yourself and your team. Simple skills practiced regularly can help you develop mental and emotional control to cope when the situation becomes challenging. I really hope that's been of value to people. Uh, I just want to wish everyone the best of luck in these difficult times and uh, very happy for people to reach out to me if they've got any questions. All the best. Stay safe. Thank you for listening to Keeping Well, the Duke's Soundbites, health and well-being tips for medical staff. We're planning to release weekly episodes for as long as needed during the COVID-19 pandemic. As always, please share this podcast with your colleagues if you think they will benefit from it and best wishes from all of us at the Duke's Club, representing doctors training as colorectal surgeons in the UK and Ireland.